Hello, welcome to Hope Church Harrogate's message of the week. If you'd like to connect with us, please head over to hopeharrogate.co.uk forward slash connect. We'd love to hear from you. My name is Rachel Turner and uh, I'm part of the team here uh, at Hope Harrogate and I'm so excited to finish up Psalm 23. Okay, I wasn't going to say this, and I was going to be really good about it, but you know how sometimes you just want to share things with family? So I'm going to share something that has nothing to do with anything, okay? For seven years, I have been saving a little bit of money at a time, a little bit of money at a time. You know, when you're like, I've got an extra five pounds, and I put it in an envelope? Like, so I've had an envelope for seven years to buy myself something that my old person back needs, which is a standing desk. I know, because I've been finding myself having meetings like this because I don't want to sit down anymore, but like I've just been trying to like stretch and hold and then you balance the computer up on a lot of things. And guys, I bought it yesterday. I'm so excited. (laughs) I built it myself. My husband was like, do you want me to help you? I'm like, back off. I've been saving this for it. I screwed it all myself and I have one and I'm so excited. So if you ever Zoom me, or phone call me or anything in the next three years, what you will see is me like marching in place or moving around. It's going to be amazing. Just a little family share, just a little moment. It's not a, it's not a triumph for you, but I saved for seven years and I finally got it. And it's going to be so great. You know, when you do something for your health and you're just like, Look at me. I'm so smug at myself. I'm taking care of my back, everybody. Such a mature thing to do. We, I know, I'm sorry. This is, this is family and YouTube. Uh, Psalm 23, <clears throat> transition, is what we're talking about. And uh, we have been going through this beautiful chapter. And uh, I'm just going to, let's, let's, let's read it all together because we've been on this memorization journey uh, together. Does anyone else in their past memorized it in New King James Version and this is messing with them? I just want to say I see you. It's okay. Um, so we're going to say it in NIV, but NKG, NKJV people can say it their way. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me among the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. We're just going to keep this last slide up because we're going to be preaching on this last bit um, at the end. And uh, for me, uh, this is something that I'm really passionate about. And it makes me really joyful, I think, to be able to reach this last bit. Because in this this psalm verse, we've been looking at this whole shape of who the shepherd is, who God is in our lives, who Jesus um, has promised to be to us. And we get to this moment of, I guess, 
speaking with surety of what is next, not just what is now, but what is next. I wanted to um, just call back to this little, you anoint my head with oil. Um, We've been going through it sort of uh, expositionally. We wanted to sort of just talk about every verse, and I just wanted to hit that one moment, you anoint my head with oil, because it's in the passage that is covered sort of last week. My table is made in the presence of my enemies, and there's this little, you anoint my head with oil um, part, and I just wanted to, to briefly talk about it in the image of the shepherd, and I mentioned it in my first sermon, but David is the one who's talking about this. And David, King David, at the time, when they, when they picked someone to be king, the prophet would come and would pour oil over your head to be like, I am I'm setting you aside, setting you apart for this thing that you're called to. So you anoint my head with oil is, is for David, the one who was writing this, a significant thing. But also as a shepherd, David did this all the time because shepherds' jobs were to care for the sheep. And they often are harassed by very tiny insects, ticks and bugs and flies and all gross things. If you've seen, you know, footage of cattle, there's a lot of stuff flying around and driving them crazy and digging into their skin. And one of the things that shepherds did was they would treat the wounds, the bug bites, the itches with oil and would pour the oil um, and the salve over these animals and would take out the ticks and would take out anything that was driving them crazy and would pour this oil over them and minister to their wounds um, and would cover them in a protective oil that would help them and would soothe them and ease them. And so when he says, you anoint my head with oil, it's this double thing of saying, I've been set apart for you, but also you minister to all of my wounds, to my griefs, to my harassment, to the pains I've taken um, when people are coming at me. You anoint my head with oil. It's a, it's a significant double thing, and I just wanted to highlight that. But I wanted to focus on the surely. And, and a lot of us go, don't call me Surely. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Um, Some of us uh, blink at the love, surely goodness and love will follow me. In different versions, it says mercy. Um, The word that's translated there means loving kindness, means mercy. It's all of the just the, the generous, kind heart of God. And it says, surely it will follow me all the days of my life. I had a friend who bought a, um, a toaster oven. You know those toaster oven things where you put it in and it can make toast. It sits, it's a little square like this, and you can put it in. And it functions like an oven, but it also functions like a grill. So you can like grill things on it. It's like a little desktop oven. You can grill things on it. You can put things in the oven. It's called a toaster oven. Uh, so she bought one. And she complained, and she complained, and she complained about it. She was like, it gets it hot, but it doesn't get it crispy. And she was going on and on and on about how this toaster oven wasn't a good toaster oven, and she wrote a bad review online about it. She was, I mean, she was, she was indignantly annoyed that her toaster oven wasn't doing the toaster thing that it was supposed to do. It's supposed to crisp things. It's supposed to make a nice bubbly top on her stuff. She was, she was adamant. She wrote a review on everything. Um, and we were trying to calm her down, but she was like, how dare they sell me a toaster oven and it not be a, you know, and not deliver. And she was so upset until I went over her house and I'm like, let me look at this thing. And it said microwave on it. 
and she, <laughs> she was using a microwave and thought it was a toaster oven and was really upset that it wasn't toasting things instead of just getting them warm. She had a totally different expectation of this thing than what it actually was. And she was so angry at it for not being what it was. Uh, she wanted it to be something different than what it was. And my perception sometimes of us when we follow God is we set up expectations on God that we want. And then we're angry at him when he doesn't deliver stuff that we've demanded of him, but he never said he'd give us. Does that make sense? And I think so many people have walked away from God because they see surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And they look at their life and they think, well, that's not the journey I have. Good things don't happen to me. And if God was real, he'd protect me from anything that bad ever happens. And they get resentful into God because they expect nothing bad to happen to them if they do what they're supposed to do with God. They expect God to deliver good things. And they hold him accountable to an ease of life that he never promised. Because he promised to be our shepherd. You know, you look at the sheep, and they are surrounded by enemies. And they are walking through the valley of the shadow of death. And they are living on little bits of food all over the place. They are being shepherded in trouble. And they flourish in the place that they have done. And I think sometimes we look at our lives and we look at the events and try to find God in that. So for instance, um, this is my timeline of my life. It sort of looks like this. Now you might not be able to read it. But um, sometimes we look back and we go, well, let's see. Did goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life? What has followed me all the days of my life? Uh, I had some childhood traumas. I dropped out of uni. Uh, I went back, don't worry. Uh, I moved countries. I was married and got sick and was confined to a wheelchair two weeks after I got married. Uh, I lost a baby. I struggled with infertility for 14 years. I lost a job, lost a calling, had depression, had a baby, got a job that damaged me, then got a dream God and uh, had cancer. So, yeah. Evidently, surely conflict, disappointment, and sickness followed me my whole life. Where was God in that? It is so easy to look at the events of our life. And that's the narrative we see. To look back and go, ah, that's what followed me. But instead, like the sheep can look back and go, I'm eating this thing now. And I can look back and see where the shepherd rescued me and where the shepherd came and found me and where the shepherd brought me to the food and where the shepherd brought me to the water and where the shepherd poured oil over me. Their journey of the shepherd is his goodness and mercy. I can look back at my same life, and this is my timeline. I met Jesus at four, and I remember that moment. I remember him saving my life at seven years old in a car accident. I remember the tangible feeling of him sitting in a room with me when I was nine. I remember he gave me peace to change the whole direction of my future. I remember he gave me clear guidance to move countries. I remember he gracefully brought me back to uni when I was too ashamed to do it myself. I remember that he taught me who he is through persecution. He invited me to play with him. Um, when I was in cancer, he held me in my pain. Surely goodness and mercy has followed me. When we look for the shepherd, we can say it confidently. 
Because it's not about the, the events that happen. It's about who he is in the events that happened and how we have walked through that and navigated in it and into it and out of it. What are we looking for when we say, surely goodness and mercy will follow me? We're looking for the shepherd who is going to take us through all of that. And the word surely I find really interesting because um, surely always feels like a little bit of a hope. Like, surely it'll happen. Like, you know, it must happen. It always feels really weak. Surely it's going to happen. If I drop this book, what's going to happen? Yeah, none of you said, surely, maybe, I don't know, unless she has it rigged up in some way. We are absolutely confident of the future of what's going to happen. Why? Gravity. We absolutely know, absolutely know what, what gravity is going to do when I let go of this thing. Absolutely. There is not a doubt. But a lot of us go, oh, I don't know if God will be good and loving and kind in the future. Oh, I don't know. I hope. Surely. Surely, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And that comes down not to, um, not to our hopes, not to if we pray hard enough. It comes down to our understanding and the belief of the thing that we've talked about for the last five weeks. Surely the shepherd will be the shepherd. That's it. Do we trust the shepherd to be the shepherd or not? Um, because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So it kind of depends on what kind of sheep am I willing to be rather than whether he's going to do the thing that he has always done. Which means that when we look at the future, the circumstances we're in and the circumstances we're headed towards. Right now, we can look back and go, oh, I can see the places where God was. But will he be there tomorrow? There's something about the surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my lives. That shifts our approach to something. Now, I tend to not talk about my family for privacy's sake, but I got permission from my husband to tell the story because um, it was one of the best illustrations of this in my head. Um, when right after I got married, I got ME, um, which is a myalgic encephalomyelitis. Is when you get um, it's different for everybody, but it's incredibly painful. Your whole body is pain and incredibly weak. So I was in a wheelchair the first year of our marriage. He had to feed me and carry me to the toilet and stuff. And in this season, he, um, six months into our marriage, he lost his job, right? So I can't work. He's a carer for me. Uh, and now he's lost his job. We are not going to be able to eat, right? And the way this man chooses to come home and tell me this is this. He opens the door. He comes in. He's whistling, right? Whistling. And he goes into the kitchen. He's making food. He's chatting about it. And he goes, oh, I just have to tell you, I'm so excited. And I said, what? And he goes, we get to live by faith. <laughs> and I can't tell you the rage that came from, like, the bottom of, like, the What? And he's like, I lost my job. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. And I'm looking at him like, are you just trying to put a good face on that? Nope. He was so excited. Couldn't wait to see what was going to happen. Um, and, and cool stuff happened. But there wasn't a flicker in his mind that God wasn't going to be who God was. 
That doesn't mean God was going to fix it. It wasn't going to, he was going to make it better. It didn't mean we didn't eat bread for, you know, weeks on end. Um, it didn't mean that it wasn't hard. But he was, he was laser focused on who God was going to be in this season. And that, that taught me so much in that. So that when a new bump hits, I've, I learned from walking next to a fellow follower of Jesus that when a bump hits, the knee-jerk reaction that I now have that took me 20 years to get there, um, and I'm not saying it's there every time, but I've learned and I'm growing, is that my knee-jerk reaction is, I wonder what God's doing, or I wonder what God's going to do. And, um, and I was talking to someone who told me this, and it was so foundational, because they told me um, there are some aspects of God, some aspects of his shepherding, that we don't get to access unless we have to walk through those paths and those valleys. And so there are those times where I know things because I've watched certain things with God that have shown me a new aspect of his character that other people haven't gotten access to because you haven't had to walk that valley. And we get to share that with each other. But every season we're in, there's a shepherd pouring oil over us and guiding us and using his rod and his staff to comfort us. And there is, there is a, a goodness and mercy that is following us when we follow a shepherd. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> because I wanted to give us a really good chunk of time today to talk to the shepherd and to engage with him. Because I think sometimes we don't, just don't get enough time to like think and ponder and wrestle and disagree with him and, uh, and have that stuff. And so what I wanted us to do is um, I guess we're going to have a, a few things. I printed out... Because, of course, I did. Many timelines for you. Because some of us need to sit with a shepherd and rewrite the story of his shepherding of us. Does that make sense? Some of us just need to grab one of these, and you can go back to your chair. We're going to have a good chunk of worship. And to just write out, if you want to do... the. This, this, the events version and the God version, feel free, or just the God version, but just to sit and to ask him, what were you doing in that season? Where were you? What is the story of that? Because I think it shapes how we see him and how we see our life with him. And so I have these timelines available if you just want to sit and do that. Because surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And some of us need to see where it has been. Not because the future is based on what he has done. It's based on who he is. But sometimes we just need to sit with it and chew it and process it with God. Because this little time that we have to be shepherded by the Jesus is a really short time when we look at all of eternity. If you think about it, if, we're, if we are invited to live with him for all eternity, that's a really long time. And we get this little bit in heaven where we will have struggles and we will have pain and we will have difficulty and we will get to see it. Because when we're living in the house of the Lord forever, there will be no more crying and there will be no more valleys of the shadow of death. And there will be no, we get to, we get to have the privilege of being shepherd, shepherded by a Lord who loves us in this temporary difficult time. Because we get to live in his home 
of all provision and goodness and kindness forever. That's the end of this journey. At the end of the valleys and at the end of the little bits of food and at the ends of all of this, we get to the end and we enter into the house of the Lord that we get to live in forever. But for this little opportunity to get to experience him in ways, what a privilege. And so some of you want to do the timeline. I would suggest that some of you have yet to say, yeah, I'm ready to follow the shepherd. Or I've wandered off and I'm ready to be found. (laughs) Uh, Some of you were hiding under a bush being like, I want to be found, but I'm not quite sure. But I want to be found, but I'm not quite sure. Uh, Some of you need to be like, all right, (laughs) come find me, Jesus. I'm ready. And if that's you, this is a space and time for you to do that, to talk to him about that. And if you want to talk to somebody about that, um, we're going to have an opportunity for you to do that. And the last thing that I think in this moment is this. Some of you are feeling harassed and bitten and covered in wounds, and you just want to be anointed with oil and prayed for and ministered to. And so I asked Adam to bring some anointing oil. Um, and, and sometimes there's, just, there's nothing super special about the oil. There's no miracle juju-ness in it. But there's something about the obedience and the, um, the experience of having oil used to pray for you that says this is, this is a holy and dedicated moment of ministry. That if you want to be prayed for about anything that you're wounded about, harassed about, physical, emotional, if you just need the healing ministry of the shepherd, um, then we also wanted to create space for that. And then also, we're just going to worship. We're just going to have time to be with the shepherd standing over us and around us and in us. We're just going to have a good chunk of worship to do that. And so I'm going to give it to Dan to sort of organize that how he wants to do it. But there's the timelines up here. There's the verses if you want to grab them, and there'll be um, time to get prayed for and talk to somebody and engage with someone if you wanted to say, I want to follow the shepherd. So, um, yep, the team's going to come on up, and we're going to do that. And we've got time. We've got 25 minutes till you need to pick up the kids. And so this is time with God to engage and do whatever you want to do with him. Let's luxuriate in the presence of the living God who loves you. And so I just want to say this over you as as they come. Can you go back? And I just want to read us over this again. I'm going to say this over you because I just want you to hear it. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever.